Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me to Matthew 28 this morning as our opening scripture. I see Shirley. I heard one of those boxes hit the floor while LaVon was singing. And, and I knew, I mean, like it took a second to catch up what it was that happened, but I thought, oh man, somebody just fell out the end of the pew. <laughs> and then I thought about the sound. I was like, nah, one of them kids dropped their boxes, I guess. So Matthew 28, and I know you're going to think, BJ, we're, we're not at Easter yet, but just bear with me today. Starting in verse 1, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, "'Don't be afraid,' he said." I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see where his body was lying. How do you choose a seat when you walk in somewhere? I mean, I honestly, I told Thomas yesterday, I did not really plan the the theme of seats when we got seats. You know, it just sort of happened today, and but it's appropriate Um, how do you choose a seat when you walk in somewhere, whether it's church or anywhere else? Um, who in here, you have to be close to an exit. Like you want to be as close to that door to make a getaway as you can. Raymond. Yeah. Raymond's over there. Okay. Usually it's Leon. See, because he's outside in his truck listening. He's as far from the exit as we can get. Um, maybe you need to be close to your normal area. If anything, this past year has shook you up and it has nothing to do with seats versus pews. It's the fact that we messed up your normal seat. Like I can't keep up with the Watkins because like they, they jump, right? And it's because we don't have normal anymore. We don't walk in and go, well, such and such sits there. I think that's why Shelly gets here first thing. She, she, she maintains that row right there, right? <laughs> you snooze, you lose. That's right. And by the way, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we decided it was never showing up. So the front rows are opened again. Um, if you saw my papers reserving them, um, maybe you're, how many of you, when you walk in a place, you want to be as far from people? Like you walk into a restaurant and you really want that table that gets as far from the crowd as you can. Yeah. Um, And maybe you're just one of those people, I don't pay attention, I'm just late and I get whatever's left when I get there, right? Um, Does your seat choice change depending on the venue of where you go? Like, honestly, I walk into a restaurant and I want to have my back to a wall and face in the crowd. Most of the time, I think it's because I want to... Just people watch. I'm like a weird person. How many in here, you you will not go to a restaurant by yourself? Like you can't stand to eat out by yourself. Okay, somebody tell me, is there anybody like me that you love to go to a restaurant and eat by yourself and people watch? Thank you, Sandy. We're the only two in here. <sighs> I mean, honestly. 
Seriously, I do. I love to go to a restaurant by myself. I will have my phone. I've even been known to sit there and read a book while I'm eating my lunch. And I like to people watch. So the venue can change. Um, it makes a difference whether you have kids with you on where you want to sit sometimes. You know, if you have the kids, maybe you want to be towards the outside of your row so that you make those quick exits, right? Or you want to sit towards the back so if they cry, I can get up and run, whatever. Um, what about if you go to a conference or a concert? Now, when you go to a concert, if it's somebody you really like, me and Mandy, we pay the bucks to get the front rows then when we go to Magic Springs, right? Um, when we used to, y'all remember this thing we used to do back in the 1900s called district assembly? Yeah. And Diane would always fuss with me because I want to run and go to the front and sit as close to the front to make everybody stay awake, pay attention, and just be able to focus, right? That's my new phrase, by the way, I picked up this weekend back in the 1900s. That just sounds so cool to me. <sighs> Because, you know, for us, it was always back in the 1800s sounded really old and antique, right? Well, now we're at that point we can say back in the 1900s, this is what we used to do. It could be 1999, but it was in the 1900s. So I'm just saying, just my latest phrase. So did you ever think there was so much that goes into thinking about where you sit? These are probably things that we don't even really think about. Well, don't worry, today's message is not completely about where you are actually sitting your bottom, all right? It's more about where your soul is sitting today. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. Where are you sitting? You know, the angel in this story, he could have sat anywhere. And when I think of it, I've always thought of, because angels are big, majestic creatures, you would think he would be standing by the tomb, but what did it say happened? It said he rolled the stone and then he sat on it. Now, I'm not an angel, so I can't flutter up. So you got to give me just a moment. See, Jake, I told you you was going to want to draw me today. Because he rolled that stone... Insurance is paid up, right, Sandy? There's no water. There's not a safety net. And Bo can tell you if there was water, there's some electrical cords in here. I wouldn't want to be in it if I... <laughs> so that angel, he could have sat anywhere. He could have stood. But he rolled that... Now, you got to understand, that stone was huge. It would have taken multiple men to roll that stone. And this angel rolled it, and then he just had a seat. There's two things when we figure out where to sit. There has to be the reason you're sitting, right? And then it has to be the location, like we've talked about. We've already talked about the location. So this angel is sitting on the stone at the tomb. There's another story in the Bible that talks about where someone chose to sit, and that is in 1 Kings. Ah, see, y'all don't have the screen now, so who brought their Bibles today? <laughs> Who's got an app on your phone today? There you go. 
Or you can pull up probably Facebook and Bo still has it going live stream probably. I don't know. I don't know. Bo's looking at me crazy too, so I don't know if at home people either. First Kings chapter 19. Do you remember the story of Elijah when he had to battle all of Baal's priests, right? And he defeated, God defeated him. It was a big victory, right? Verse 3 in chapter 19 says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life, right? Because Jezebel said, you're a dead man. You just embarrassed me. And now I'm out for your blood. So he flees for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. For I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. So a broom tree grew in the desert. So you're talking about a dry piece of land. Um, it was a bitter root. It had a bitter root that the poor people, if you were starving, this was your last ditch effort for some kind of sustenance in your body that you would eat a broom tree. And the twigs were used for binding things. You get where I'm going with this? Elijah sat down in this dry place under a tree used for binding things. It does matter where we sit because it wasn't just about his bottom plopping on the ground. Anybody been there when you're just so exhausted, you just sit, you don't care. Even at our age, you'll sit on the hard concrete floor when you are super tired. And then 30 minutes later, you really regret that when you try to get back up again. But you understand what I'm saying. And Elijah was at that point of of just soul-weary, tired. And this was not just his physical body sitting down. This was his emotions, his soul that sat underneath that tree that day. He was tired. So look at the difference. The angel sat on top of that stone. Elijah sat under that tree. That stone represented everything that Satan thought he was bringing against Jesus. Satan thought when Jesus died on that cross, I beat him. I won. He thought he was all that, but look what I did. And then the angel rolled it away and sat on top of it. What God was showing us is that you have an enemy that brings things against you. Where are you positioning yourself in those things? What stone in your life do you feel like the enemy has tried to roll across your tomb to put an end to you? Guilt? Shame from your past mistakes. Even you sitting here in church, we carry that guilt and shame so often. Things that you've been to the altar and said, God, I'm sorry. But you've never let go of the guilt and shame. 
I was saved for a long time before that light switch flipped for me to understand the grace of God and the mercy. To know that when he forgives, it's gone. It's finished. What about unforgiveness that we have in our life? Sometimes when we are hurt, we don't sit on a stone. We sit under that tree and we eat of that bitter root. (laughs) We let that unforgiveness. Oh, because that person is not ready for me to forgive them. But we're killing ourselves. Unforgiveness hurts only the person who won't forgive. What about a health diagnosis? Something that you honestly can't change. Like, I have no control over this. And church, I'm feeling this. I I know uh, some of you I've talked to this about that I have a, a vitamin D deficiency right now that, man, the past several months has been a struggle for me. Ask Thomas this morning. I just finished doing my hair, and I said, that's it. I'm done. (laughs) It feels like being anemic is what it feels like. And there are those days that I hurt, and, and so I cry because it's hurting me. And it would be so easy to just slip under that tree and say, God, Well, I have. I honestly have. I've been going through this online webinar for pastors called Dangerously Tired. Um, It was one of the SNU professors doing it, and I really wanted to hear him. And I just thought, I don't know that this really applies to me. And, you know, I've been diagnosed with vitamin D, so yeah, I'm tired. Okay, it's a physical thing for me. But the more I got into it, we're in week three, the more I come away going, Wow, this is real. This is an Elijah thing. When we get so tired, and it's a soul-deep tired, but what is meant to defeat you can become your seat. You can rise above what Satan has thrown at you. And you can either sit under it and give up to it, Or with God's grace and God's strength, you can take a seat on top of it, just like that angel. And it's a generational thing. Hear me, parents. It's a generational. You know, we talked last week about shadow. How many of you thought about your shadow this week? You saw my little quick photo. Uh, Thank you, Kathy, for sharing that. I just happened to walk up the other day when the sun was actually shining, and I was like, oh, there's my shadow. And we talked about how our shadow is what people see in our life. Where you are sitting affects your shadow. Sitting here, if I had the light behind me the right way, and and Bo could have done that if I'd have gave him time, but we didn't. You could see my outline sitting on top of this wall. But if I was hunkered underneath a tree... And you saw that shadow, what would you see? That tree. So whatever it is you struggle with in your life, where you're sitting with it affects your shadow to generations after you. So parents, you've got a temper and, and, and anger and, and kids drive us nuts. And I don't know that I'd ever want to go back to those young kid days. Oh, I miss it. I miss the cute things, but... Mm, There were days I didn't know if I'd make it either. 
And then they became teenagers and, oh, I can't lie. I don't know if it gets better. Then they become adults and I don't know if it gets better. I'm just telling you. (laughs) But when we have anger because we're tired and life is just pulling at us in every direction, learn to sit on top of that anger and not let it control you. Otherwise, your kids are sitting under your anger. What about um, debt? Debt is a real obstacle. And for some of us, it happens because of things out of our control. For some of us, it's because we are out of control. And we pass that on to our kids. They watch us, whether we're sitting under that load of debt or we're sitting on top of it, trying to pay it off and be done with it. It will set up a whole new perception for how your kids are watching you. If you're a negative person, that will bleed over into your relationships unless you take control of those emotions. And it's okay to sit down. I'm not talking about pretending like everything's okay and and I've just got to keep a smile on. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about being aware of where you're sitting in your circumstances. You know, Mary, she sat at the feet of Jesus. She knew the most important place to be was at the feet of Jesus in his presence. So there are some days when life begins to overwhelm you, you need to make that choice to sit and read. How's the Bible reading going? Did you see my honesty online? Grace, your pastor did not read Thursday on Thursday. I had to read it on Friday because I just got so tired by the time I thought of it Thursday night, I just couldn't do it. And I thought, Grace, that's what I told them, so I'm going to take it for myself. And you got my letter this week, and remember in my letter that I I talked about, if you haven't been reading or you've missed several days, just pick it back up. I promise you someone called me just as I sent that letter, printed it, mailed it. That day got a call from somebody, and she was like, I've stunk. I haven't done this. I haven't. I said, Well, just so you know, I wrote the letter before you called, so you'll know that I'm not talking to you, but I guess I'm talking to you. (laughs) I said, pick it up and start today. Don't worry about everything you've missed. Just start today. So some of you, if you haven't been reading in January, then February 1 is your day to start with us of reading in God's Word, because sometimes sitting at the feet of Jesus is the best place to be. And Jesus, that stone represented everything. What did Jesus have to go through for that stone to be there? He hung on a cross and died. Remember, he's fully God, but he's fully man, which means he felt every bit of that. And he still endured it because he knew the end prize of it. He was going to be seated at the right hand of God. When you're exhausted, when you're stressed, when you're discouraged, be cautious where you take your seat. It can be dangerous. What about saving seats? How many of you, when you go someplace, you really hate when it's your job to save all the seats? 
Especially if you've got that huge family and there's 10 seats and so you have to take the whole stinking row in whatever auditorium and then it's your job to fend off everybody, right? Because then you get all those dirty looks of like, really? (laughs) You know? So we're like scattering papers out everywhere, right? Or jackets or whatever we can divvy up to try to save those seats. Did you know you have three brains? Well, that's stretching it. I heard some of the wives giggle just now, and they're probably thinking, no, we barely got one. But um, you have three functions of your brain. You have the survival brain, which is sort of your fight or flight, right? That's your instincts. That is um, the part of your brain that regulates your heartbeat, regulates the breathing. It's the things that it's involuntary. It just happens, right? And then you have the logical brain, And that is where you're making strategies, you're making decisions, you're weighing all the options. This is my part of the brain that drives my husband absolutely nuts. Look at him shaking that head back there. Because it probably is bigger than any other piece of my brain because I have to go through all the what-ifs. But then we have the emotional part of your brain. And this part actually chooses where your emotions will sit. It begins to choose your happy thoughts, your depressive thoughts, your anger thoughts, your all those emotions. And this gets tricky. You know, I, I suffer from thyroid disease, so this gets tricky when you have chemical imbalances then that throw everything off. It makes it so super hard then to try to control these. It's a constant fight to keep those emotions where they're supposed to be. Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything, though. Instead, what? Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's already done, by the way. Then you'll experience his peace, which exceeds anything else that we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So you have to choose to save a seat for peace in your life, if that's what you want. When it comes to your emotions and how you handle things and go through things, you make a conscious choice to save a seat for peace. What do I mean by that? I mean, when the fear begins to overwhelm you, and we use that scripture, Satan, get thee behind me. Get thee behind me, Satan, because I have a seat saved. And it's for God's peace in my life. I'm not going to let this overtake me. When anger begins to build, and, and maybe you have every right to be angry, but remember, anger is a step away from sin when we let it control us. So when anger begins to build, to, oh, seat saved. I don't have all day to, to dwell on this. When anxiety And this can be a tough one. And I'm talking from my physical, when you have physical things that cause the emotional imbalance because of the chemicals in your brain and your thyroid not working right and anxiety builds and BJ just wants to walk out of Walmart, leave the buggy sitting there, and I don't even care anymore. Am I the only one that's ever done that? And it was irrational. Like there was no reason for it other than physical imbalances. But here's the deal. I've not cured that problem. I take medicine for it that helps, 
And if, you know, I know I've got several thyroid buddies sitting in here. We know that, man, you're flip-flopping on medicines all the time, readjusting. But I've had to learn to take control, to sit on top of that diagnosis now, which means when I begin to feel the anxiety build, I say, well, save a seat. I need peace. And that means I, I learn what are my triggers, and sometimes I just have to push through it, and I have to overcome it. But I've made a choice. Second Corinthians tells us to take captive every thought And that honestly means that we are taking captives those emotions that are happening in our brains. You can't stop it from happening, but you can stop where it's leading you. You can take control over those issues. You get to choose where you sit down. Now, what about, okay, so you hate to be the one that saves the seat, but... Do you like it when you're the one that gets to walk in and somebody has saved you the seat? When you get to walk to the front and they go, oh, come here, come here, I I saved a seat for you. We like that part, don't we? (laughs) Especially if you're walking into a crowded thing. I remember when we first started going to Disney, they didn't have the fast pass thing. I think it was our second trip to Disney that that had been integrated in. If you don't know what a fast pass is, before fast pass, if you wanted to ride a ride, you went and stood in a line that could be two and three hours long for a little five minute, woo, <laughs> you know, and it was, it was kind of hard. Well, fast pass came along. And so with a fast pass, you walk up to the ride. There are now two lines. And if you have a ticket, well, it went to bracelets and I don't even know if they do the bracelets now, but in the beginning, you had to go actually get a ticket at a kiosk somewhere because there was only so many fast passes that they would give out. So you walked up. If you had that lucky ticket at a certain time, you got to go into this empty line that had nobody in it. And you got to zigzag through the whole course to the front of the line. And probably within five minutes, you got to ride the ride. That was the most incredible thing they had ever invented at Disney. Till they like messed it up and went to giving too many fast passes and it wasn't no big deal anymore. But we'd like to be that person that gets to go to the front of the line, don't we? We'd like to bypass all the troubles and, and what have you. Well, I've got good news today. Because if you are a Christ follower, if you believe Jesus Christ died for your sin, you've asked for forgiveness, accepted him as king of your life, God is saving you a seat. That's pretty cool. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that gets my blood pumping a little bit. Not just we're going to slip through the doors of heaven and, yeah, we've got sort of a side place for you over here to hang out. No, you are seated with Jesus. That's pretty awesome. Church, today what I want you to do, check your seats. Check your seats. Where are you sitting in your life circumstances? Are you sitting under the depression? 
Are you sitting under the health issues? Are you sitting under the anger and unforgiveness? But BJ, I'm so tired. Then let God be your strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It doesn't always come from me physically. Some days, it's just because of what God is doing that I'm up and above. Are you sitting on top of the stone in your life that Satan is trying so hard to shut you down? Because if he can make you sick enough, if he can make you depressed enough, if he can make you angry enough, if he can fill you with enough unforgiveness, you are useless to the kingdom of God. Because you just want to sit under that tree and die. I mean, sure, you may be saved. So you're sitting there, God, just take me home. I remember my poor grandmother was so distraught when my grandfather died. And I understand that. I mean, I don't even know. The last anniversary I remember was 50, and I know they were above and beyond that when he passed away. But I remember how sad I felt for her because for 10 years she sat under a tree just wanting to go home and be with my papa. She gave up. She literally gave up. And because she gave up, it landed her having to spend her last years in a, a nursing home because she literally quit caring for herself. Quit, And she was a larger woman that um, it, it got to where we couldn't take care of her. We, she lived with different ones of us in the family. and she, But she gave up. I, even as a kid, I saw that. I saw that, that glow go out of her. And I get it. But we still need to understand it's not the end. A friend of mine over in Little Rock lost his wife last year at the very beginning of the year. And um, they, oh, he's up in his age. They were sort of to that point of kind of retiring. They were going to start stepping out of doing... Um, the uh, work and witness trips, all this stuff to just be together when she passed away. And I just thought, bless his heart. You know, what is he going to do now? And the very next time I saw him at a meeting before COVID, I literally heard him talking to Dr. Askren saying, well, I've just got to figure out the next part of this journey. And he said, let's get to planning the next trip. And of course, Dr. Askren was like, well, you know, Give it time, you know, your grief. And he goes, no, God ain't done with me. I'm still here. I'm still alive. I've got work to do for the kingdom. And that just encouraged me. Again, our shadows. What are people seeing in us? Are they seeing us giving up in life instead of leaning on God? You know, that angel... Why did he have such assurance? So, you know, because this changed my whole view when I saw that little phrase that he sat on the rock. I really have not completely paid attention to that. Maybe, I, maybe I've looked at it over the years, but never really thought what that meant. Because to sit on something gives me more of a casual, everything's okay. Everything's okay. Now, imagine these Disciples are still running around because they're freaking out. Who stole Jesus? Like he's not there. Where you know, chaos is still erupting. They they still don't understand everything that's going on. And now I've got this vision of this angel just sitting. 
How could he be so calm and peaceful? Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And that angel knew God is in control. And just you wait and see what's coming. Church, I know life pulls us. And I know like Elijah, we get tired. I mean, he won. He just did one of the greatest things. God defeated all of Baal's priests, put them to death. It was the biggest victory. So why is he sitting under a tree? Because even victories wear us out. Even victories wear us out. And you say, well, I don't know if I have the courage to sit up and be tall and feel peaceful today, BJ. Then I'm going to suggest you sit at the feet of Jesus. Not at a bitter, dry tree somewhere. Spend time in the Word. If that's listening, when I say sit at Jesus' feet, that doesn't always mean grab a Bible and spend three hours reading the Word. That could mean turning on your Spotify playlist or your K-Love and just flooding your brain with praise songs. Sometimes that's the best revival I give myself is not to think about things, just let the words of those songs fill me up. Because it's Scripture. They, they, they write those songs from Scripture, by the way. <laughs> so let God restore. That's what happened to Elijah, right? When he was sitting on it, what did, what did God do? He sent the angels to tend to him, to revive him. Isn't that what happened with Jesus sitting in the dry desert when everything was over? What happened? The angels came and tended to him. But you have a choice today. Where are you sitting in whatever's working in your life? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today. And I know this may be a different message to hear, but God, I just feel strong that someone needed to hear this today. That maybe, Lord, they've been sitting underneath that dry, bitter tree. That, God, they've been emotionally, physically exhausted. But you're telling them today is the day, stand up, my child, and take a seat on top of that rock. Because whatever the world has thrown at you that was intended for evil, I'm going to use it for your good now. We're going to cast a shadow from this point on where people see Jesus in your life, where they see the redemptive, reconciliating power of my son in your life. Someone in here today, you need that. You need that hope. You need that that joy that only comes from the Lord. It's not going to change your circumstances, but it's going to change your perspective. Even if it's an illness that you have to deal with from now to the day you die, you're going to sit on top of it because God is still in control. He knows exactly where you are, and he's going to be with you every step of the way, and you still have an impact for the kingdom to make. Lord, give them that boldness today. For those at home, Lord, let them just reach out a hand to know that you are there and you are lifting them up on that stone. 
and that we can sit with confidence just like that angel to know no matter what it looks like because to the world that tomb looked like death but to the angel he knew it was just the beginning of what was fixing to change the world god may we grab a hold of that today god just be with your people as they leave here being aware of their shadows but this week being aware where they are sitting that cast that shadow. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church family, have a beautiful day. Go enjoy some decent weather today and be a blessing to someone because you have been blessed. I love you guys and I'll see you Wednesday night. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.